tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I was eating way too much sugar. So in a desperate attempt to break the loop, I decided to quit sugar for 30 days. In this episode, you'll learn why I did the challenge, what the struggles were, what benefits I saw, what it was like eating sugar again after the break, and what my plan is moving forward. I'll also explain why we crave sugar in sobriety, the negative health consequences of eating too much sugar, and how sugar can lead to low mood and depression. So let's dig in.
This may be a surprise to you, but I can't moderate. I just can't do it. I've been resisting giving up sugar because I felt like I already had to get sober. Sugar is the only, quote, bad thing that I can still do. I would get into these cycles where I'd have sugar every single night. My weight was fluctuating. I was feeling disappointed in myself. But the worst of it was I craved sugar. I'd get itchy every night around 7 p.m. and I would have to go obtain some sugar. I tried not keeping it in the house, but there are three convenience stores in very short walking distance from my house. I tried to make rules about when I could have sugar, but then I would relax back to eating it every day again. Sometimes I would go for months at a time with barely any, but as soon as any stress came into my life, I was back at the sugar. Sounds familiar, right? My experience with quitting sugar was very similar to early sobriety. My therapist said something really wise to me months before I did this. She said, we want you to have sugar because you want it, not because you're satisfying a craving. And when she said that, I could never forget it. Once I realized I was eating sugar, not because of treating myself or at least it's not alcohol, but because I was satisfying cravings, it became different. I started to feel disappointed in myself afterwards. I have goals. Why am I being controlled by sugar every night? Stupid sugar. The more this continued to happen, the more frustrated I became. And I started to realize that I would probably have to get sober from sugar too. And I was mad about that. I already can't do anything. So now I can't even have sugar either. One morning in therapy, after disappointing myself yet again, I realized I should just do a challenge. Last week, I talked about how taking breaks helped me get sober for good, and I'm taking a similar path with sugar. I woke up and realized that I had about 30 days before my vacation, so I was going to take a 30-day break and then eat as much sugar as I wanted to on the cruise. I told my therapist for accountability, and then I told everyone on Instagram. I was having negative consequences besides the cravings too, so I was interested to see if it was from the sugar or not. My depression had been a lot worse for six weeks straight, and I knew that mornings after having a lot of sugar, I would be extra hungry, so that made the next day more challenging. Not like snackish or craving food, but actual real hunger. I used to always skip dessert when I was drinking, not because I was resisting it or dieting or something, but because I just genuinely didn't want it. Then when I quit drinking, all I wanted was sugar all the time. I explained why this happens in depth in episode 41, but basically alcohol can provide us with a dopamine boost and a quick fix, just like alcohol. We can use sugar to cope with stress, negative emotions, and mental health struggles. We can use it to have fun and to fight boredom. It may not work as good as alcohol does, but when we get sober, it becomes the next best option. So make sure to check out episode 41 after this one if you wanna learn all the science around what's going on in your brain. Added sugar has a lot of negative consequences and it's in tons of stuff especially things that are marketed as low fat. They'll often add a bunch of sugar so it tastes good. 
And according to Harvard, sugar strains the liver like alcohol does. I discussed how alcohol affects the liver in episode 52, but it prevents the liver from doing its job correctly and fat is deposited in the liver instead of being exported out. This happens with sugar too, and over time, this can contribute to fatty liver, diabetes, and raise your risk for heart disease. Sugar also causes chronic inflammation, which puts stress on the heart, also increasing blood pressure. The quick spiking of our blood sugar is a main part of the problem. Even though fruit has sugar, it also contains nutrients and fiber, and fiber slows down the digestion process so we don't get the same spike in blood sugar. Although sugary stuff is high in calories, because it doesn't have any fiber or nutrients, it's not satisfying like real food. So it impacts the hormones that control our appetite, and this can cause us to eat more, which explains why I get extra hungry after I eat a bunch of sugar. The American Heart Association recommends that women have no more than 24 grams of added sugar and men no more than 36 grams of added sugar per day. The World Health Organization, World Cancer Research Fund, and the American Institute for Cancer Research recommend that everyone has less than 25 grams of added sugar per day. So you can use that as a guideline and maybe start reading nutrition labels if you haven't and look at the added sugar section. And remember, fruit sugar is okay. A 2023 study published in the British Medical Journal reviewed 73 meta-analyses, and those 73 analyses looked at over 8,600 studies on sugar. And this new study found that high sugar intake was associated with significantly higher risks of 45 different negative health outcomes, including diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, depression, early death, heart attack, stroke, and cancer. Association doesn't mean high sugar intake was the cause. And there are other lifestyle factors and genetics that goes into it too. And just like the studies that find moderate drinking is healthy, which I will link the episodes where I've critiqued those in the show notes, but in those studies, the moderate drinkers are healthier because they have healthier lifestyles and that kind of cancels out the light drinking that they do. It can be a similar situation here, although we do know that eating a bunch of sugar can't really be a good thing. So maybe the people that eat extra sugar also have terrible lifestyles and they smoke and they don't exercise and they don't get good sleep and that just makes everything worse. I also mentioned that eating a bunch of added sugar also causes inflammation. And inflammation is a risk factor for depression. And it's thought that sugar can lead to depression in a few different ways. So high carb diets increase inflammation, which I said, which is known to worsen our mood. High sugar diets can throw off our hormone levels and our hormones impact our mood too. And sugar also impacts the dopamine system like alcohol does. And this can cause depression because we get used to rewards that don't require any effort. 
the unnatural dopamine boost that we get from sugar can make natural rewards feel worthless, leading to a low mood. So I want to tell you about my experience. So the first few days of no sugar were really hard. I was craving sugar so badly and I was pissed about it. I was mad that other people could have sugar and I couldn't. And it helped that my community members were cheering me on and asking how I was doing. And I didn't want to tell them that I had some stupid sugar. So that helped keep me going on my streak. And what helped me the most, I think, besides the accountability, was having smoothies. And I know it sounds so dumb. And I rolled my eyes every day about it and complained. And I even would post my stupid smoothie in my Instagram stories and complain about it there too. So you don't have to be excited about the idea, you just have to do it. If you're interested in my smoothie recipe, because sometimes people ask, it's just some kind of milk or water, whatever you prefer, frozen fruit, and then I use Rituals protein powder. Not really an ad, but they're a longtime sponsor of this show, and I've been using their protein powder forever. It's the only one that I will use consistently and actually enjoy that doesn't get all weird consistency or gross tasting. So if you haven't tried it and you want to, then please use the code that you hear in the ad in the beginning because that supports the show. And if people don't listen to it, it doesn't count for me. And I also eat a mostly vegetarian diet just by preference. So I really lack protein sometimes. So this was a positive side effect of taking this 30 day break from sugar. I increased the protein in my diet because of those stupid smoothies because that was the closest thing I could get to a sweet treat, so I had it every day. And if you really want to be wild and crazy, then you can add a teaspoon of cacao powder, which has zero grams of sugar. I use a brand called Better Body Foods from Amazon. But you can use whatever you want as long as you confirm it has zero grams of sugar. So a week passed of me doing this, and I still did not feel any better. I was still craving sugar, but not as badly. And I was so bloated and cranky. I felt like a puff ball. Then another week passed with no improvement. The scale didn't budge either. And I thought for sure, if I stopped eating half a pint of Ben and Jerry's every single night, that I would have some kind of positive outcome. I also sweat a crazy amount for two weeks. And that made me mad too. I quit sugar for two whole weeks and things got worse. I didn't have any positive benefits to push me forward. And it wasn't just that I didn't have positive benefits, I felt worse. I didn't experience this when I quit drinking. When I stopped drinking, I was just so excited that I didn't feel suicidal anymore that everything about sobriety was amazing. And this made me think of all the people that I've seen post either in my community or in Facebook groups about their frustration with lack of weight loss in sobriety. And I know that weight is a really sensitive subject, but I bring it up because I see other people ask about it or feel down on themselves about it all the time. But just remember, getting sober is the most important, and then we can address other things when our brain is working correctly again and we're taking good care of ourselves. 
So while I did feel this frustration about not losing any weight, I was also able to redirect this thought quickly and recognize that I was doing something really good for my body and brain. And even if I didn't see it on the outside and I felt worse, it was better for me, I guess. So try to think about that with drinking if you're feeling frustrated with lack of benefits. So around two weeks in, I started to actually enjoy my nighttime smoothie. And by enjoy, I mean I didn't roll my eyes at it anymore. I still would have preferred some ice cream. After two weeks, the cravings and puffiness were completely gone, and that did give me some momentum. I felt free. I hated that itchy feeling at night. I didn't have any other improvements for the rest of the day, so spoiler. Just the cravings going away was the only improvement I saw. My community would ask me about my progress in our meetings sometimes, and we reflected a lot on how similar it is to early sobriety, and it really made me appreciate you and what I see people going through all the time through different stages of sobriety. So if you're struggling with not seeing any benefits or feeling like why bother because you feel worse, then just hang on. I hope one benefit shows up for you soon, but if the only benefit that you ever get is freedom from thinking about it all the time and craving it, that's a pretty good benefit. We get impatient and we want the benefits to show up as soon as we quit, but we're in withdrawal for the first two weeks. So if those weeks suck, just try to remind yourself that you're detoxing and try to hang on to any little bit of hope. Plus, if it took me two weeks to detox from sugar and I had only been blasting myself with it daily for months, then imagine the detox process from years or decades of drinking. I went on a cruise after my 30 days were up and I ate sugar all week. I expected to feel relief, actually, but the first time that I had sugar after my break, I thought, this wasn't worth it. When I quit drinking for 90 days, the first time that I had a sip of wine, I almost cried at the relief that I felt. Like I was holding in the tears, my eyes were watering. That's how amazing that first sip was. I expected it to be similar with sugar, but it really wasn't. I ended up being more choosy about what sugary stuff I ate on vacation with the intention of coming home and becoming one of those special occasion sugar eaters. This is what I intended to do with my drinking too, quit for 90 days and then become a special occasion drinker. And it wasn't that I only wanted to drink on special occasions. It was that drinking a few times a year was my last chance at keeping alcohol in my life. I had tried everything else and I was desperate. Sugar is not as much of a problem for me as alcohol was obviously, but I know that I use it to attempt to cope with stress. There's been a lot of nonstop stress on my plate since getting home from vacation, and there have been two times so far that I tried to talk myself into having sugar. I tried to use I'm stressed as an excuse, but that's what I did before, so I knew that I couldn't just start doing that again. And my husband is away on a trip right now. He's back by the time you're listening to this. 
So I have even been trying to make that a special occasion, aka a reason to justify having sugar. I told myself no in both cases, and then I woke up the next day proud of myself. And that is what is powering me through. I'm hoping that the longer I go, I'll see some mental health benefits, but I was really struggling hard in June with my depression. And even if I have no benefits besides lack of cravings, feeling proud of myself and not disappointed is important. And maybe there are some benefits that I'm just not aware of. And if I went back to having sugar every single day, I would quickly realize what the benefits were. A lot of people have reached out to me about this journey because they are going hardcore on the sugar. And many of these people are under a year sober. So if that is you, then I would recommend not trying to quit sugar entirely right now. I know that a year sounds like a really long time. And you may feel like you have not drinking totally under control, but there's a ton of healing to the brain that happens in the first year. And it's important not to add more stress and pressure to your life. The more that your brain heals, the better you become at regulating your emotions and impulses. And the better you become at using your brain in general and just thinking things through effectively. So that's why I say a year. Because if you've listened to my other episodes about how long it takes to heal, there's a lot that happens in that first year. If sugar is a serious struggle for you, though, and you have to address it, or you're past a year or two sober, then I would say just start with junk. Weirdly, tons of people assumed that I wasn't eating fruit in this challenge. Like, there were so many comments on my Instagram asking if I was cutting out fruit too, but fruit is good. We don't have to stop eating fruit. Remember, fruit has fiber. It's good for you. It has nutrients. By junk, I mean like ice cream, cookies, cake, candies, stuff like that. You don't have to go hardcore on reading all the labels and cutting out all sorts of stuff. Just start with the junk. And I would say cut out the junk. Don't try to replace it with like a lighter ice cream or something like that, I don't think that that's very effective. If it is for you, that's awesome. But I feel like that still keeps the craving alive. Fake ice cream makes us think of real ice cream. So I didn't have any of those things. But you do you. If you want to try it, try 30 days, see what you learn, see what you feel. I hope you have a lot of benefits. And it is really nice to not have cravings for anything or feel controlled by anything anymore. And I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. 
We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.